Welcome to this episode of Consider It Blacklit. I am Kim Singleton, your host. And for those of you tuning in for the first time, Consider It Blacklit highlights films, television programs, and stage plays featuring African-Americans up front and behind the scenes. We also discuss social issues as it relates to some of these programs and how they may or may not impact our communities. So thank you for tuning in and we hope you continue to tune in each week. Today, it is my pleasure to highlight someone who is behind the scenes in media and entertainment, Lynn McDaniel. Welcome, Lynn. Hi, Kim. Thank you for having me. Lynn is the founder of Brown Girl Media and she has a network called A New Network, but I want the audience to hear it from you. Why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself and what led you to start your company? I started my career in human resources in banking, so I feel like I got some really solid corporate training, and then I went over to work for Time, Inc., and Time, Inc., before they were merging with Time Warner. The uh, um, businesses that I was the HR person for was Martha Stewart Living, Vibe Magazine. And they were just starting to come into what was called 360 Media. So it wasn't just print, it was television, it was film, it was books, it was you know the internet at the time. And I just loved everything about it. I loved everything about that startup world. And then I left and went into a startup with a media company called Hook.com. And I was their general manager and then also the president of SayShe.com, which is really how I fell in love with the opportunity to connect with an audience, create content for an audience. And over the years, I continued to build in that field. So I moved into media, I moved more onto the creative side, but I knew I really wanted to run my own business. Um, I was working with, you know, a couple of people that were great at raising money, but maybe not great at managing a business and running a company and became very frustrating. So I decided after I moved to New Orleans with Heritage Media Group, that I'm gonna launch my own company. And that's how I started Brown Girl Media, which is our production arm. And then I realized that I didn't want to just be a content creator, that I wanted to own the process from content creation through distribution. And so I launched a new network, which means I can create content, create, you know, uh, target my audience and distribute that content. So green lighting. So let's yeah. talk a little bit more about a new network. What kind of programming do you have and what's the audience that you want to target? So I'm start I'll start off with the audience because I think that's that's important. I felt like there were a lot of um, studios and production companies that was creating content that didn't really speak to me and the people and the younger people that I knew like really smart women who love to travel. My motto has always been, I'm guided by spirit, ruled by reason and elevated by beauty. I love beautiful things. I love, you know, smart programs that speak to me and all that stuff that they were creating seemed very like Ratchetville. It's like, you want to visit Ratchetville, but you don't want to live there. And they wanted us to live in Ratchetville. So we tried to create programming that speaks to a what we call a contemporary Black woman. She's mm -hmm. educated. She's traveled. She's grounded. 
Um, she's, you know, she, she's not bougie in a way of people thinking, you know, oh, it's all about the, you know, all about the money, you know, all about getting this. It's really about having a balanced life. She has a relationship. It's important to her. She has friendships. It's important. To her. That's the woman that we're speaking to. And so the content that we're creating is content that speaks to that person. And um, and it's more a matter of finding that audience that is connected by her interest versus her demographic. Mm-hmm. So we have Date, Love, Repeat which is our scripted series that talks about uh, it's three about three women living in Harlem. I like to say we did that before some of the other programs that you see now. They just have better budgets. Um, so these have, are these are. Yeah, they're scripted pieces. They're not reality. Shows. No, they're not reality shows. We do have some what we call unscripted, but they're more interview format shows, kind of thinking pieces. And again, um, what I knew, I knew I needed to do is I needed to, it's, it's very expensive to create content. And so I needed to find those types of programs that I could create inexpensive content as I build the library. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd have a few scripted series, Wedlocked, which is something that I um, co-sponsored with a uh, content creator. It was actually produced already, so I just licensed that content. Um, but give um, us a, give us a, an idea of what wedlock is about. Wedlock is about a um, couple who are newlyweds, and it's about their first year of marriage. And it it features a um, a well known Lawrence Saint uh, Victor, who is a soap opera actor. Interesting, interesting. And then we have the No Chaser series, which is. Uh, scripted series, um, the guy's point of view of dating. In his voice, which talks about, um, it's an interviewed by the inter- the host is Ashley Stevens, and what she, uh, we have a group of men that she interviews. And, you know, we we sometimes know what people do for a living, but in that show, we wanted to find out how they create a life. And now we have a new, ne- a new you, which is hosted uh, by Olivia F. Scott. And she speaks to a group of women from various genres, just interesting conversations on, you know, um, sensuality, uh, sound bathing, um, belonging. We pick a, you know, a number of topics. And so that's the focus of that show. And now we have a new opportunity to partner with you on Considerate Black Lit. And I'm excited about that because I think it's a show that will speak to our audience. Um, We are uh, focusing on the classics. And I think it's something that our audience will continue to find interesting. And thank you. We're excited about the partnership, too, because I love classic movies. And I think a lot of it is missing in the media that we see today. So thank you for the opportunity. And putting it in the perspectives that you do. You know, sometimes it's all about, oh, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. But they never really talk about the nuances of it. You know, so I'm ex- I can't wait to see some other some other shows. So um, tell us about some of the challenges of running a new network or keeping it you know, up and running. And there are many. Uh, the first is funding. I mean, just as a founder, uh, minority founder, minority woman founder, it is challenging to raise money, which is why I've been bootstrapping it. 
and it seems like it's taking me forever. But I know that, you know, it is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. That this is an opportunity to have an impact, uh, to control our narrative in the media. And so that's, to me, that's the biggest challenge. Uh, so that that's one. The other is uh, because there's, it's such a crowded field right now in streaming. It's, you know, you're, you're competing for eyeballs, but I think the strategy that I'm looking at it, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to reach a mass audience. I'm reaching a shared audience. I, I don't want to give away my full strategy, but <laughs> I do think that there is an opportunity here to reach a group of women who may not be served uh, through all these other streaming uh, platforms, but that is a challenge because they have money and that's why you really can't compete in a content game because anybody that has money can beat you in the content game. It's about engaging audience. And so that's a marketing and that does require money. But I think, you know, that's that that's so to me, that's the biggest challenge. Um, elaborate a little more on some of the specific challenges you you've had by being a woman of color in this business. Um, again, it's capital. It's, you know, when you really are trying to fund a, a, a business that has runway and, you know, unlike other businesses, I'm not selling widgets. I'm not selling 10 things and taking that revenue and reinvesting some of that capital into my business. I have, it's, it's the chicken or the egg. Do you have the audience? Well, how do you get the audience? And, and so, so as a minority founder, I think that has to still be the biggest challenge. I don't know. I've never, I've never come across a situation where, you know, I have been impacted in a room because I'm a woman or a minority. woman. I, I just, I don't know if it's just, just my, my personality. I, I grew up in Shaker Heights, Ohio. I went to a predominantly white college. I've worked in predominantly white organizations, but I've always come in feeling very confident as a black woman. And I'm not intimidated by that. But when it comes to the money, that's where being a black woman, you know, has has its challenges. And I, I hate to keep focusing on that, but for me, that that is it. Um, I've not tried to um, pitch my shows to studios uh, because I'm coming in in a different out, out of the Hollywood system. So I've not had that as an issue, but I'm sure that is an issue as a black woman when you're trying to get your programming onto, you know, these other networks mm -hmm. that they have an idea of what black people want to see and hear. But because that's not been my path, I've not, I've not faced that. And because I've worked in startups, we're always just kind of scrappy. And you know, we're going to just do it. We're, we're not asking anybody. <laughs> I like that. Scrappy. We're scrappy. <laughs> we're scrappy. <laughs> or just, we come in the door fighting. <laughs> you know, let's just do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I, I will say that that's, that's at the end of the day. And that's where I think as Black people, I'm hoping that we understand we need to fund ourselves. And and as hard as it is for people to walk away from and fund ourselves, not just in, you know, in dollars, but in time and resources to build something 
that we want to actually own. Mm -hmm. It's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice, but I think it's something that has to be done. And, you know, if we want to create that table, you know, as Tyler Perry says, you know, build the table. Okay, well, let's do it. Let's do it. And um, and so I think I, I'm I'm reaching out to people who have that interest in building that table. It's not easy, but we're going to do it because there's a there's an opportunity to really make a difference in the type of programming that you that you um, that you can create. And not to say that it's all you know kind of educational programming. I think there's a fine line between entertaining and informing. Mm -hmm. and, and we can do that. Yeah. Um, you can entertain and teach at the exactly, same time. Exactly. And I always like to use the example of, I used to love a different world when, it, when I was mm -hmm. coming up. And when it was on the air, it encouraged so many people to look into HBCUs and want to go to HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. Yeah. So while it was entertaining, it was exposing our young people to a different way of life. So. And, you know, what's interesting about A Different World is that, I don't know if you remember, like, the first season, maybe the first two seasons, I can't remember when Debbie Allen came on, but it completely changed once she brought her sensibility to it. Mm -hmm. Before, and, and, and so that's probably a challenge when you're in the studio system, mm -hmm. you know, that they think they know what's best. Mm -hmm. They think they know us. Yes. You know? yes. Yeah. And it's like you and your one black friend <laughs> <laughs> who is probably not showing you their true self. Right. Right. Which is, and, and that's what I find exciting. Like we have an opportunity to create real programming, not just web series, but full on feature films, uh, you know, series like network series budget wise, you know, what I think the only thing different between some web series and television series, network television series, or cable series, or even streaming series is budget. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of the disruption that's happened in the industry now with technology. So you have technology that now allows you to compete so that visually you still look like, oh, that's an expensive production and it need not be. Mm -hmm. now, I say all that to say, you know, we're not creating Game of Thrones on, you know, a small budget, but there are, you know, programs that are character driven or series that are character driven that we can absolutely recreate. Yeah. We have so many stories to tell. Still. Yes, we do. And it's so many stories that have not been told yet. Have not been told. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, Lynn, you've worn so many hats in your career. Uh, which job or which one of your work experiences has helped you the most in getting you to where you are today? I have to say, well, there are two. Um, one that in general, I think I got really good corporate training at Time Inc. in how to run a business. And I was in HR. So I got a chance to see every aspect of a business. I was more of a business consultant. That's how the HR was structured at Time Inc. So I was really engaged on the, you know, business of human resources. And then I went to work for two guys who started a company called Hook.com. And that was in the, the about 1999, I think we started this startup at the early start of the internet. And that was the startup 
that just changed what I wanted to do. Like I couldn't even see myself going back into corporate America. And I was, I said, the general manager. And so I really got into systems and processes and my HR background helped me in recruiting. And I think that made me see, I saw the creative side, but I also understood the business side, you know, how to generate revenue, how to set up the right people in the right positions, how not to overhire, how to let people go quickly. <laughs> so I, I think those two helped me in, in, in the rest of my career. And to this day, I think my experience in human resources has given me a, an advantage because I know talent mm. and I know good people mm. and I know who's coming in, who's hungry, who's just BSing. I do. <laughs> All right. You can't fool Lynn. <laughs> um, I think most people that have worked with me in the past will say that, that, mm. you know, I create good teams of people. And um, I just want to be able to pay those people competitively because mm -hmm. why do we always have to work on cheap? That's, that's, that's the downside of the startup. Mm -hmm. True, true. Mm -hmm. So um, in this industry, who inspires you? Who is your role model? I, the blueprint right for me in the past five years has been Byron Allen. Mm -hmm. I, I think the way he's gone about bu building his business, slow and steady wins the race, under the radar, do it, you know, you know what needs to be done in building the team to do it. And so I admire that about Byron Allen. Um, of course, you know, Tyler Perry, because Tyler Perry discovered his audience mm -hmm. and he don't care about anybody else. He's speaking to that audience and he has built a tremendous media company. So Tyler Perry, and then believe it or not, like Martha Stewart, because Martha Stewart was the original 360 media maven. And when I look at that business, I understand how you have to incorporate the different um, aspects of media, that you're not just building a television program or a television network. You're really at this stage engaging in engaging with your audience in different platforms, in different ways. So now, you know, what started off as, oh, now we have the internet. Well, now you have e-commerce. Now you have virtual reality. Now you have, there's so many ways of engaging an audience and building a media company that's not just a traditional passive television experience. I'm excited about that. And so Martha Stewart, that was, she was the original person to me. And, you know, with the television studio and the magazine and the books and everything's tied into the interest of her audience. Yeah. She's another one like Tyler Perry knows who her market is. She knows her market. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Byron Allen is, you know, his audience is kind of broad, but the, the way he built his library of programming, and, and now I no longer need to do it the way Byron Allen did it because he built a syndication network. I don't have to do that anymore. But I learned that business when I worked for Heritage Media Network, which was a syndication, a production and syndication company. Mm, wow. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, tell us what is your most rewarding project, either currently or in the past? Um, I have to say Date, Love, Repeat. And mm -hmm. only because I felt with Date, Love, Repeat, I had an idea and I built a small team of people. I self-funded it and we shot in eight days in New York City, in Harlem. And I can say in that, in creating that show, I wore many different hats. And so I, I, I feel like I understand what it takes to create a series. Mm. And that's invaluable. Yeah. Now, Date, Love, Repeat, that can be seen on a new network right now. Network, mm -hmm. All six episodes. And um, I think people will love it. And the, the I worked with the songwriter who created a theme song for us, which I just love. I mean, it was just a special experience. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. And so that's available on a new network.com. So a new network is a um, mobile enabled streaming site. So you can watch it on your phone. You can actually pull it up on your TV if you go through the internet and go to a new network.com. But the next step is building the app, um, creating the app so that we can own our audience fully. Mm, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So we're about to run out of time, but I want you to, what advice would you give someone just starting out in this business, um, specifically somebody who wants to be an entrepreneur and start their own company? In the media space? Yeah, in the media space. Um, just don't give but up. But you know what? In general, in general. general. Okay. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. In general, my first thing would be don't quit your day job. Fund it. Fund your company with your day job first. I think too often people get caught up in, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And it is a very challenging and sometimes lonely place to be. You need money to fund the things that you're trying to do without worrying, you know, about, okay, now I have to pay my mortgage, my car note, or, you know, if, if you're just starting out, you might have school loans or whatever. But I think it's important that you fund it and have a strategy. You know, you don't need the business plan that, you know, you needed back in the day, but you do need a guide to say, this is where I'm going to allocate the resources that I have. This is the kind of time and I would encourage people to try to find balance. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big believer in the grind culture. I, I just think that it is, it's overrated. And sometimes you find yourself moving, moving, moving. And every time somebody shines a light over here, here you go. When you have to kind of, what is my North Star? Why am I doing what I, and that would be, that would be my advice is, you know, don't quit your day job first, get it off the ground. Um, if you're in a business that is going to create revenue immediately, great. Um, but fundraising is not for the faint of heart. And if your business is going to require funding, and I don't even mean VC funding, I mean seed funding, angel funding, family and friends funding, family and friends don't always come through. <laughs> <laughs> know where that money is coming from. Yeah. But I like that concept. Focus on your North Star. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes. And so for me, my North Star has always been, I want to create a platform where we control the narrative from content creation 
all the way through distribution. And in the process, we get to create revenue streams where other people can be successful. And, and so that's what I stay focused on. Even the times when I'm feeling like, you know what, I, I'm, I'm tired. Um, I still get excited about it because I know it's an opportunity to, to really build. And it's taken a lot longer than I wanted it to. But I also understand that, you know, this is a business that is, you know, it is a marathon. And if it were easy, a ton of people would be doing it. That's true. That's true. Well, before we sign off, any closing remarks? Um, just stay on the lookout for a new network. Uh, please go and check out some of our programming. Uh, be supportive. We're on Instagram, of course, and social media. You can check us out there. But to watch our program, go to anewnetwork.com. And if there are any content creators who are speaking to that, you know, that audience of uh, uh, women, and I'm going to give it a, you know, a 25 to 45 demo so that people will know exactly who, who we're thinking about, although it can go higher or lower. If you have content that you think might be in, of interest to that modern Black woman, uh, you know, reach out. We're, reach out. we're always looking to partner with people. Um, we're looking to uh, fund some programming if it makes sense for us. Mm-hmm. And we're looking to build that team. So that's it. Awesome. Everyone, that's a new network, A-N-E-W.com, correct? Newnetwork.com. A new yes. network. Well, everyone, that's our time for today. Make sure you check out Lynn McDaniel's network, anewnetwork.com. And until next time, consider yourself Blacklit.